0: Welcome to Connecting the Community Podcast. I am your host, Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. I am welcoming to this podcast, Hugh Adams, actually welcoming back to continue our conversation about the Lions Club with a focus on the Lions Club's vision programs. I have lots of questions. Welcome, Hugh.
1: Thank you, Marge. I'm excited to get into the second podcast.
0: Hugh, Um, let's do a bit of review and tell us about how you are a charter member, and hence longtime member of the Richville Lions Club. And you have been involved just beyond that one local club. So tell us a little bit about your Lions Club involvement.
1: Yeah, I started as a single chap, okay, and uh, after uh, I then found the lady of my life around the corner in Richville, and we got married, and uh, we moved up to Aurora and Bradford, where we raised our family. And uh, then uh, we come back down, because mom was still here on Birch Avenue. And so we were commuting, looking after her, because she was 80 at that, at that time. So we come back into town around two, 2000. I rejoined the Richfield Lions Club. So that's about 23 continuous uh, service. And I've done every every position in the club and then some. I was uh, present for multiple years, I think about six or seven years over that tenure. So five years ago, I was approached uh, by the district governor looking for some team members on their administration team. And uh, I, I was talked into, <laughs> to convinced, because they approached me uh, a number of times, but finally. And so I joined as his own chair, helping the district governor uh, and meeting up with clubs and helping them up with their fundraising and their training and dinners and go around to annual meetings and uh that grew after three years and then i become a regional chair uh helping and each year there's a different governor okay mm-hmm. so it, was, <laughs> it wasn't boring <laughs> it was yeah. a lot of fun so uh, so i did that for a nice last year i stepped down last year regional chair person is the stepping stone off if you want to go for district governor and mm-hmm. I, I was not uh, interested in doing a five-year tour to get through that so uh yeah, yeah so. very
0: good yeah uh there is a very extensive um sort of org chart for the lions club international there are how many thousands millions of peop- members are there
1: right now globally it's about 1.4 million wow. okay uh, we've set another uh, 1.5 million for two years ahead of time mm-hmm. so we like all service clubs and or uh, volunteer organizations, new new members have been stagnant okay so mm-hmm. uh, so now we've uh, made it a goal for two or three year goal we have a canadian international president uh, patty hill who's a psychologist from at Ed, 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 edmonton She's a Western mm-hmm. girl, mm-hmm. and uh, we're all proud that she's a. We got a Canadian again heading up. I think she's about the sixth person to be a international president. So if we've been mm, there a good. long time. Yeah, impressive
0: yeah, so. with that. But there are so many good people that you have met along the way. You've told me about that, and I, I you know, I think that is absolutely fantastic, and and I hope that continues. Now, Lions Club has. Met a number of priorities. One I want to talk about today is vision care. And it's, a, I, I think, a significant focus for Lions Club International. And you have told me that Helen Keller had a role. Uh, so can you tell us a little more about that sort of history?
1: Yeah, that's, that is huge. That is a great success story. Um, it all started back in 1925. Ellen Keller was invited to be the guest speaker at the uh, international convention in uh, Cedar point. Oh, she challenged the Alliance club to be our, her, uh, nights of, uh, Knights of the blind in her crusade against darkness. And of course we took up that challenge and that, and that is now the anniversary is coming up a year and a half away from that. So, uh, yeah. So, so we just carried on. And, and of course, uh, Collection, eyeglass collection is one of the main, many areas of vision that we have. That all local clubs are usually involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, District Min um, uh, has 55 clubs, and we have a chair that um, is a depot for all our collection within our district. And, uh, so they, the, uh, his goal was to have a half a million Uh, eyeglasses collected and the the completion date was the anniversary of Helen Keller's uh, uh, challenge to the Lions and so right now uh, we're probably about we're less than 100,000 glasses away from from achieving that and last year we collected 75,000 pair of glasses Uh, that's a rebound out of COVID because the COVID years were somewhat down uh we're probably gonna hit our goal on that uh before the uh, anniversary I guess uh July uh, in, uh 2025 is the goal date. so it looks like uh Ooh. that's gonna ha- gonna happen mm-hmm. our our club uh, contributes two to three thousand pair every year wow. we have uh yeah so, yeah now
0: you're active with it I th- just last week, I finally gave you my old pair of prescription glasses. Uh, I see you other people giving them to you. There's these boxes that have you can put you in your slots that I've seen at different places, at churches, at, uh, at optometrists. So you you do look after like look after and go around and empty them uh, regularly. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. And of course, there's more opportunities for us to go out in the community uh, mm-hmm. and do that so uh if I find somebody looking for I, I will uh, uh make sure they have a collection box uh we hope to uh, increase our membership so we can uh, have uh, the ink. But there's another there's another 25 15 stores or, or stores I guess like locations that we can get to so
0: yeah definitely uh, yeah, yeah. I will put in the podcast notes uh, how to get in touch with you. So if Mm -hmm. someone, yeah, I know a place that makes sense to be collecting eyeglasses, or if for some reason you have a whole pile of eyeglasses, just contact you and you'll make it happen. Because tell us what happens. So you get all these eyeglasses, then what happens to them?
1: Okay, we collect them and we deliver them over to our our district depot. (laughs) What they do then is collect them all up and bail them up and they ship them to Calgary, Alberta. And we have a, a group of, of special catalog all the glasses and the calibration of all of them and repairs and everything. So then they uh, then uh, put them back into A1 shape because some are broken, some, you know, but they repair them all. Uh, and then when they're f- finished, they send them over to Australia. And Australia is the uh, Depot or the distribution center for the globe, Uh, the World Health Organization now will instruct them uh, every year or or periodically where they need to put the glasses. And uh, right now there's about 87 countries around the world, second, third world countries. And uh, that's where they get delivered. Uh, I have seen the report and uh, I can actually tell you what country and and how many, (laughs) but I, I don't have that number straight on my top of my head, okay. but yeah. So that, and that's, that's the cycle. And, Of course, every every pair of glasses is fitted to a person free of charge, mm-hmm. and that's where the local Lions will probably organize the uh, the distribution. Then the doctors come in and do all the eye checking, and then they match the. And so, of course, it's life changing for people either to be employed or read. Or I mean, it really. It has significance okay and that's uh all free for the recipient so uh, mm-hmm. yeah wow. so
0: you know that that's amazing such good news like i i have worn sick, uh, prescription glasses basically my whole life and the idea i can't imagine my life without them so i think this is great and rather than sitting in your bottom drawer wasted after you get a new pair uh yeah let's make this a priority that we we do this so i'm i'm glad yeah. there's this extensive organization that I saw that in Nepal, the Lions Club supports the training of ophthalmologists. Like, can you tell me more about that sort of work that gets done? Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that comes through our Lions Foundation, okay? And they have grants uh, for anything. And on that line, a local Lions Club can make an application to the grant. And as you see in Nepal, they had the training of the ophthalmologist. Uh, but the, they, they'll take any grant. And the, the local Lions Club is part of that, and they the continuity and the advertising that you know Lions are doing this, and they have uh, surgeons that go around and do uh, surgeries and whatnot, uh, and uh, doctors, borders I think sometimes they're retained to go in and do some of these projects. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, and that's all. That's our foundation. It was started in 1985 or 86. Site first program. Started off a three hundred thousand dollar kitty for the site site uh, projects, and that is administered by our foundation. It's Quite
0: impressive fun. what you actually what you do there. But you also have very local uh, eye care uh, programs as well. There's a school vision testing program that I've heard you're involved with. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, our club has been doing this for the last 30 years that I know of, okay. We go into the elementary schools and senior case, we do the uh, vision screening, but it's not health, it's screening for, uh, to, so we do uh, the one standard wall chart. And then we have the stereotype glasses for, for depths of perception uh, and a, a portable uh, refractor machine. And uh, and it's very digital, so it's operational. Once you get to know the, the, uh, the program on the, the digital machine, uh, it takes about two seconds to snap that. And uh, we take the results and uh, re- report the results to the students and their family. And uh, sometimes we share th- information with the teacher. A lot of times the teacher will see a student and uh, they'll come up before and they say. said, this person here can you share that information so we we usually share that because the teacher sees something and she suspects it and and so of course then uh then they, then they send a report uh to their parents and if they're referred to a a a, a, a pathologist or whatever uh then that's that's up to them because it's all free because the OHIP covers that uh, uh Vision uh, test or their uh, their fee for that their services so so it's uh yeah so it's a great thing we've uh, had uh, people that have had uh near, nearly blind or you know or my daughter <laughs> myself she had patches on uh, and uh, when she was a young youngster she used to walk funny and then uh, sure enough we, we got that was not through our doctor or, or pediatrician but then we found out that uh, so we they corrected her eyes, it, you know. So we, we had personal knowledge of that. So yeah, but we cool. do run into that.
0: You know, yeah, yeah, very interesting. You also help out your the Richfield Alliance Club also helps out a local group VIP visually impaired people. Uh, I know you're doing that pre pandemic. Has that continued?
1: Yeah, we've been doing that for thirty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we pri- provide a meeting spot for the vision impaired persons. It's a, a regional group, New York region uh, res- uh, research group or resource group, mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, they do meet now uh, at Lancel. And Miriam is a delightful lady. She's a, the coordinator of that, and uh, you know Miriam mm-hmm. and how marvelous a person she is with their group. And uh, yeah, we're really proud of that. So, uh, and of course, uh, our lioness uh, used to help serve their luncheons for Christmas dinner luncheons. Oh no, every 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 meeting has a luncheon and our lioness used to cater it. Uh, they disbanded about three, well, about three years ago, I guess COVID just, yeah. And so some of these girls go back to volunteer I'm usually there was on a visitation with them at that at that time. So, uh, yeah. So that is, uh, yeah. Even before I got back in, the, in it with the club, uh, very good. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's. Um, I I've been. I think you invited me to one of the meetings in Miriam, and such a positive uh, atmosphere there. People that yeah. were visually impaired, they often had caregivers. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But it was just like, yeah, we're. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna enjoy ourselves. And uh, yep. Yeah, so I love to see that. I'm glad that you are part of that. What well, something I find really interesting is that uh, you're have an association with the Richmond Hills famous landmark, oh. the David Dunlap Observatory. You know, we, we could think of the observatory telescope as a really big, powerful pair of eyeglasses. Uh, I never thought of us
1: being a big high class. But yeah, uh, you yeah, know, every, every Lions Club has a club pin, okay, when you start off. Okay. And uh, we looked around in Richville and uh, we're in between two Thornhill and Richmond Hill. We were really just a blip as <laughs> you go by or service station or whatever. Uh, but we were fortunate enough to recognize that the Dunlop Observatory was there. Okay. And uh, at the time in 63, it had just become the fourth largest observatory in the world. It was the third, but Argentina beat, them up, beat us out with a larger, larger uh, uh, scope. So, uh, so on our pin, we got Canada's Big Eye, and that's uh, our uh, motto on our pin. We've done uh, various renditions of of the uh, observatory, but the observatory is there, and still the core behind a lot of our pins that we do okay. or have done over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'll put a link in uh our podcast notes to the David Domlap Observatory because if you haven't been there, you should and think of the the, the big telescope yeah. as this powerful pair of eyeglasses. So is there anything else that you wanted to add, Hugh? Um yeah, such such as welcoming new people to the club
1: yeah we are having uh our our vision screening coming up and we're looking planning for february so we're gone through all the uh the, the school the school boards that are allowing people in and you know covid seems to wane enough that uh, they have welcomed us back to do what we've been doing uh for 25 30 years again a long term uh, bit and uh yeah, so we are looking for um, new members and primarily to help us with the uh, children. So it's uh, in there with the schools, with the children. And uh, the senior Ks are the only ones that we do. The junior Ks wiggle too much. <laughs> so so we've honed right on the senior Ks. And uh, again, it's the, the wall chart, the stereo glasses for depth, and then the digital uh, refractor. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and we uh, I'm glad you asked because uh, our suites, as we see it for new members, are uh, people are approaching retirement and have uh, always thought that someday they're going to do some volunteer work or they are are now doing proper planning for (laughs) their life and they're looking for doing something after retirement because if you don't, you need something to do. And then, of course, the ones who have retired we find that after all their busyness with their race and their family and all the sports activities, that they can't sit in their couch <laughs> at home. They get this feeling: what's what's strong? Well, you do twenty years of hard labor, run kids around, and then you go sit on your couch, and yeah. So they're really uh, primed because they are they got time to do another vocation. I mean, they got another twenty years or so uh so they got to do something and i think uh, uh the younger folks uh it's rare to get their interest okay we do have uh, a young young man there's mid-20s or, or you know, late th- 20s uh in our club so we do have a cross-section of, of ages we do have the retirees plus plus we have some business people you know so uh you know so uh, but that's uh what we're looking for and uh I think uh, I can probably uh, help you out if you want to. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, so I will put your your uh, contact information. I encourage you to uh, reach out to you, Hugh. Like, do you have regular yeah. meetings? Are they in person? Do you do them on Zoom or what? What's how do you operate that way?
1: Okay, yeah, we were hybrid last mm-hmm. year. Okay, I and mean, we're totally Zoom before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year, uh, the club decided, uh, uh, no, let's get back to in person. Okay, yeah. so now we're back in in person twice a month.
0: Twice a month, okay. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the dues is about a hundred dollars a year, That's so true. it's not, uh, you know, breaking the bank type of thing. It's just uh, mm-hmm. just some junk chains hanging <laughs> around. pocket. That
0: allows you to proudly say that you are a Lions Club <laughs> member. So, uh, yeah, yes. So a long organization. That is uh, really quite good. I hope you get an uptake for um, new people to join you to participate in this uh, uh, vision screening that's happening in the schools. And also just, uh, I hope people go to the website and see uh, the immense amount of work that you're doing. We focused today on talking about vision care, but it could have been diabetes care. There's a whole
1: bunch of other focus. Yeah, we have five pillar services, okay, Okay. and it's uh, environment. Child care and cancer, vision, hunger, and diabetes. So, with whole spectrum, yeah. that's globally uh, pillars. And but each club are servicing their local. So, uh, a person can come and they got a passion or something they want to do, uh, bring it forward to the club, and they'll adopt it. And then you can have your your, your interests being part of the Lions operation. So, that's mm. we're there to service our local community, but, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, and that's uh how a new person can impact uh, uh, our activities, which we're welcome.
0: You're welcome. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you, Hugh, for taking the time to do this podcast. And uh, I do end each podcast with the same question. Can you name just one thing that you really like about this community?
1: I'm amazed. I'm (laughs) amazed at seeing how it has developed over the last 60 years from uh, chicken coops and outhouses (laughs) outhouses <laughs> to a uh, downtown environment, uptown. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have some great structures. Uh, uh, we got great athletes from Richmond Hill and all. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, hockey players and uh, all kinds of uh, athletes. And, of course, the track and field people are going crazy, I think, this, this mm. round uh, at the uh, Pan Am Games. so. But, uh, yeah, it's just just a great community to live in. Everything's convenient. And, uh, yeah, the, it's, uh, you can get used to the traffic. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good comment. So thank you, Hugh. I like your answer. Uh, you've got a different perspective having lived here for so long. So uh, thank you. Thanks again. And we will definitely see you around in the community soon. So uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you very much, Marge.
0: Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.